Hello there, Hunting America. This is Rodney Elmer. Welcome to the Mount Deer Podcast. I'm your host, and uh, I want to welcome my co-host, Casey Elmer. Hey, guys. He's my middle son, the troublemaker, the guy who shoots all the good ones. Then we have Ryan, Ryan Elmer. He's he's the oldest. How's it going, guys? And then we have Taylor. Hey, hey. Mr. Hollywood here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's the man who makes all this possible, at least uh, on the button-pushing end of it, and... Uh, well, th- what that was, that's a dusty reference. We'll have to bring that up sometime, but not, not today. What's this button do, Mom? Today we're going to talk about how to find a nice big buck in the big woods. So, when I started out hunting, my dad didn't hunt. He didn't, he's, to this day, hasn't killed a deer. <laughs> I was crazy about it for some reason. And uh, I lived in the small suburbs of a pretty small city in the middle of the country and we were mostly farm country and I started out hunting in the local city cow pasture which used to be a cow pasture and then the cows were gone and it grew up into a bunch of brush so we were used to seeing deer from a distance seeing them in the fields and figuring out what they were by glassing them and we'd find them and and go after them and and they would pattern us better than we could pattern them (laughs) and most of the time when I was young I I couldn't wait to actually get close to a buck and we'd always have at least one eight pointer that was kicking around and a few fours or six or in, in a couple spikes or threes and they they would be around and they would be famous deer for an entire summer while we my friends and I would spend all our time patterning them and figuring them all out by watching and mostly by observing we didn't really have trail cameras then man now I feel rusty and yeah rusty yeah, yeah. rusty is what I would call it yeah because dusty makes me <laughs> oh thanks yeah he says it's salt and pepper look it's not dusty and then when somebody you know came along with a giant deer from Maine and I saw it laying on top of the jeep at the local firm where I worked and I saw that thing and I was just awed by it and I'm like wow and, and I didn't know that deer could get that big and they were that wicked and of course I still hadn't only shot like a six pointer in my whole life it was the biggest deer I'd ever <laughs> shot and it was like 123 or 30 pounds or whatever average know. deer yeah just for an average day. buck for Vermont right yeah right. average yeah. two year two two yeah. and a half year old in Vermont well, that's a good you know, deer. I mean that's in New England so you take that yeah day. like so that was a big deal for me but when I saw that behemoth laying on top of that Jeep and it just didn't look right the hooves were twice the size of anything I'd ever seen before and we were in such awe that we had to go there and check it out so when we headed for the big woods and we drove and drove for nine hours, went up on the Golden Road, ended up in uh, uh, the Green Mountains, uh, just off the Canadian border on the Golden Road, and there were Vermonters everywhere. Maine was a big deal, and there, there was just Them there, green there were yeah, there were hunters like I never seen so many hunters, and and I thought to myself, well, how can you be good hunting up here with all these guys? Right, but then when they all spread out in that giant wilderness and they all went into the bushes and disappeared, I never saw another one until I got back in the truck and started driving home at the end of the day. There was a lot of space. There was a lot of space up there. Now, when I first started looking at those big mountains and big woods, and I was used to walking in the woods, you know, so I was at home in the woods, felt good in the woods. I didn't have anywhere near the tools I should have had or any of those things. Flashlights. I I actually didn't own a compass and I borrowed one. So... (laughs) When I went out in into that, I was real careful. I was a little leery about how far I went, and I paid attention to the terrain, and I didn't go all that far, a quarter, three-eighths of a mile out into the woods. And I was an adventurous person compared to some, because I was young, you know. 
yeah. and, I, and I would fearless, go out there. Fearless. Right. Like, well, I, I walk out in this giant wilderness after just like, let's try it over here. And I'm like, well, how do you know over here is good? Yeah. Right. And my, my friend and his yeah. dad, <laughs> yeah, 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 you, you don't. don't, you seriously don't. No. Yeah. And my friend and his dad are like, you know, Tim says, well, we're just going to go try it up here because we've, we've seen a couple here and I've talked to somebody and this seems like a pretty good area. So we get, we just get out of the truck and, and we load up our guns and everybody says what they're going to do. And we split up from one location and walk out in the woods. Now, being a neighborhood kid hunting at home, I never went into the woods in the same place as somebody else because they were little spots of wood yeah. and we would right always want to push that chunk of woods or at least hunt towards each other in order to be advantageous. And we never would go in the woods together because how are you going to see a deer with another person around? Yeah. So, of course, we, we all go off into the woods in kind of off the same location from the truck, right? There's three of us and we all just go walk out. And one of us takes one side of the road and two of us take the other side of the road and we, we split up a little bit, but we just kind of fan out from the truck. And, of course, I'd never done anything like that before. Felt and weird. Yeah, it felt kind of weird. Yeah. But it didn't take long for those woods to absorb us. It, it really does. It's pretty good size. <laughs> and, of course, because it's a, a pretty well-logged area, and I was used to every skid trail in the world was the best place to walk. And, of course, as soon as I got in the woods, I started looking down at the ground. You know, right? Instantly, I want to see a deer track, even if it's in the leaves. And we were hunting on bare ground to start with. And we what didn't, time of year were you? It was. Uh, time, yeah, it'd be, I want to say the first or second week in November. Um, okay. I I want to say the second week in November. What and was the year? Yeah, how old Ooh, were you? Boy, most of that was a while this ago. This is mostly just for my own entertainment. No. Uh, yeah, yeah, thanks. <laughs> but uh, but to be fair, the winters we've been getting snow earlier and earlier and earlier. Right, right. So to kind of like put it in perspective, yeah, you were a squirt. You were really really young. I want to say like two or three or oh, four okay. maybe. So like the nineties. You know the early yeah. '90s, yeah. late '90s. Yeah, yeah and so. and then so we go out. Yeah, thanks. So, we, <laughs> <laughs> so I just I go walking out into it, and there's very few tracks of any kind. But all of a sudden, I come onto a moose track, and I'm like floored by that. I'm like, look at the size of that thing, you know? And that must be a moose. And of course, at the time, I didn't know it was whether it was a big moose or not. I didn't know anything about moose tracks, but I just saw it. So I, I looked at it and I followed it for, boy, 150 yards, just looking at it. And I'm like, wow, that is cool. So then I just walk off and I start going and, and I walk up into the woods quite a distance, so a couple 300 yards. And I came into this little flat kind of hardwood spot. And, and I said, boy, this is a great place to see a rub because that's back home. This is the kind of spot where you would see some buck sign of some kind. Trying and, to apply your... Right, from my previous knowledge of that. So I'm walking through these uh, bigger hardwood trees with some smaller whips here and there, and there's a little bit of a skid trail, and um, almost kind of the situation with you guys in in the grunt buck. And and I look down, and there's a rub. Only it's a a three-and-a-half-inch tree, and it's just pounding. What was it for a tree? Uh, A beech. A beech. Yeah, and it was really hammered. And I'm like, wow, and it hit beech, and it it hurt the beech. And I said, boy, that's a big deer. That's got to be. I've never seen nothing like that at home, right? So I'm like, wow, this has got to be good. I'm instantly thinking everything's looking good. The tracks and the leaves, you couldn't see real well. And it was kind of a couple, three weeks old, so, like, it was no... And and I, I'd, of course, I'd heard a lot about 
like a buck when he's traveling and he's going in a direction, he'll rub the tree in the direction as he goes by it, right? He walks up to it and he whacks his horns on it and it gives you a general feel for which way he's that, headed. That makes sense. But by the same token, like back home, there'd be a feed area and yeah. then there'd be a bedding area that are pretty easy to pick out in small woods because mm -hmm. like he's going to go lay down in the thick, steep, you know, oddball part of the country and then work his way downhill at night to a feeding area. So, I, and of course, there was no feeding areas. This was giant woods. And of course, very little of it had actually been cut because... Yeah, previous to the 2000s, previous to the they, 2000s weren't, they weren't right? black and paper company land like they are now. Right. right. So like the, the cuts were pretty rare. There was only one over here and one way over there. And there wasn't as many cuts. And, and, and I was told a lot of people were saying we just go to Maine and we sit by a cut and we just wait and we shoot a deer and we drove around a little bit and we didn't see very many cuts in the area we were in there was a few here and there but they were different <laughs> ages of course right? yeah they were mobbed right well, anybody, right and yeah and they any, were like yeah, everybody any, went to them and sat everyone's scared about going in the woods because oh, there's big woods yeah. right right so I'm like wow so I, I I look around a little bit and then I come onto a pretty good track and a whole bunch of smaller tracks. And I was amazed at the size of that track in the dirt. I just saw it in the dirt. I, I would use my, my dirt in the woods as my snow. Like wherever there was a brook, when like say there was high water and the dirt came up onto the leaves and then it drained off, I would follow all the, the waterways up into the mountains and look for where the deer crossed the brook because it's softer soil and there would be a trail it going actually across leaves it. an impression that right. you can like tell for sure that sure, a runway rather than like a little dimple in the leaf leaves and you're like right. is that a track and of course all the brooks had tons of sand and stuff in them or yeah. around them where the water slowed down and those little small plateaus where a brook flattened out was of natural deer natural animal crossing yeah. so i would just walk the brook and look for a track and and I'd find a and I started finding these big giant tracks. And to this day, I still do that as a method, one of my methods for finding a deer when you you have nothing else to go by. No snow days. No snow days or, or anything like that, or even any fresh cuts with fresh dirt. And you would go and look, you know. And whenever we did find that, we would run to the dirt and look up through it. And it was just a natural thing for us to do because back at home when the snow flew, we found out how valuable circling a chunk of woods and finding out how many deer are in that piece of woods before we went in there, it was really handy for us because it was a small chunk of woods. And if we found six tracks all going into the same chunk of woods, we were excited because we said, they're in there. Yeah. Right, and and we would we would circle it and squeeze it, and out they would come. Right, and we'd do our best with it. And oh, well, predator yeah. mode. Yeah. See well, that? Do you see the light in his eyes right there for me? He's like, "Let's go get him." Yeah, you guys can't see it, but we. Yeah, can. yeah. <laughs> to this day, that's always been a method. Yeah. That has worked really well. And when you have one big huge track, and say it's going from left to right, or right to left, up a hillside or over to here, well, now you know that somewhere in that general area, within a couple miles, you know, diameter of that radius of that, there'll there'll be a big buck in there somewhere. So at least now I know there's a giant living here somewhere. Yeah. So now I have a reason to focus. If I walk for a mile straight and I never come across a big track or any numbers of deer tracks, just deer in general, I'm like not wanting to go there. I'm wanting to find some place that seems with more sign and more seems a little bit hotter. It doesn't mean that I won't go back there when there's snow on the ground. 
It doesn't mean that 10 miles away there isn't a giant buck growing someplace and come November when the, everything's just right and the two does are in that valley now have a boyfriend, you know, I want to find out about it. Yep. So that, that has worked really good. Not to mention the dirt roads themselves. When you, you look at a dirt road and you see its condition, its hardness, and the softer areas, like the where shoulders. it's yeah, where it's shaded. Last time it was graded. Yep. Um, you you end up being a tracker. You end up being real ob observant about what's going on in those woods in general. What's been happening last time it rained. Trying to get um, as much data as you possibly can. How old right, or so, how new the snow is. Right. Yeah. So that way you're now putting together a timeline. A timeline. Yeah. And when you see a track and it's a big one, but it's an old old track. So now I I. I focus a little harder, right? And I'll say, say you're driving down a road and there's a whole bunch of forks left and right off the road. And, and I would drive down the road a ways and I would see a big track going to the right. So the next right-hand turn on that road, I wanna go check that road, right? Cause he, he could have gone to the right yep. and then pulled ahead and now he's crossed that one, right? So I, I look for more and more and also two fresher ones, right? If you find even one giant one, okay, now let's freshen them up. So I'm just looking for a great big, nice, the biggest track I can find, and then trying to find a freshest one, and then trying to find a high concentration of that. And now I've kind of zeroed in on the general spot he is. And now I'll start looking at the type of woods and the type of feed and where he's likely to be going. And he's also like his core area. You can start whittling it down a little bit closer. But you don't always know. You're looking at the same deer, right? Yeah. And if there's like six big, huge ones, that are all the same. You size. confuse. You can confuse yeah. yourself. So, but at least now I'm coming on to more. When so here's a here's a good question for Casey. Casey's done this like pretty pretty impressively over the last few years. Like the majority of the time, if you're hunting, you know, public land or whatever, and you're not finding a track from the road, right? You only have one other option. Yeah, you got to go into the woods. Yep. And Casey's been super good at being able to just walk through the woods and come up on a track. Case, what would you like? You know what I mean? Because that you're gonna run into that a lot, especially around here with low deer population. What would you say is a good way to pick up a track if you can't find anything to start with from a logging road or something? Well, a lot of times, um, a lot of people don't want to hear this. A lot of people aren't gonna want to hear this, but I just go with my my feelings basically. Like, oh, this feels good over here, and I start walking. But it's mostly I'm looking at the terrain, and I was uh, I was actually talking with a client the other day, and I was talking about terrain and about uh, about deer and everything like that. And I was well, I was saying, well, if you were if you're walking up this hill, a lot of times you end up stopping on a little flat area. You end up stopping on a spot that's not steeper than steep or somewhere that's not all muddy, so or that's not going to be as basically as comfy basically because deer, deer comfortable feeling yeah that's right deer deer want to be com comfortable because they're out there all the time it's you come just, up to a view you stop that's right and, <laughs> and all the deer just basically are like laying back in their chair like ah oh, this feels great and that's and you want to look for more spots that have that kind of feeling because um like larry Benoit says that 10 little o'clock will come on to them and that's usually what ends up happening is about that time they it's usually they're feeding around around dusk or so that's when the light is changing They'll start feeding, and then now their 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 guts are full. They go over. They're gonna go chew on chew on their cud, and they're gonna want to go someplace that is kind of kind of where they want to basically just hang out. 
Um, Especially and, early in the kind of exactly. well, how about what kind of trees would that look like um, though? And like, so, other than course, woods wise, right? Uh, woods wise, of course, deer are deer are uh, edge species. Um, so I'm looking for that that zone that's basically between the two different forest types. Um, if you had a cut, there was where the woods transitioned from the little baby poles to the bigger trees. Um, that that's going to be allowed the deer to go either into the big woods to run away or duck into cover into the cut and, and run away as well. And also that's where the density of food is going to be one of the highest. And a lot of times when I'm I'm hunting the edge a lot of times. And so I and if I'm looking for a track and there's nothing uh, there's nothing on the roads or anything like that, I want to I want to go to the places that the deer are going to spend the most time. And they're going to spend a lot of time eating and browsing all over the place. So that's what I would end up doing is a lot of times I just look at the terrain and say, well, there's a cut here, there's a cut here, or there's a little bit of a shelf, and then th- this is where the forest transitions. So I usually try and stay in the transition zones as much as possible so that way you have the highest chance of either seeing a track or seeing a deer, and that has kind of really seemed to work. You kind of spend spend 90% of your time in 10% of woods kind of. Exactly. Like you're, you're looking for forests that are <laughs> that are greener. That are a little bit tighter, that are softer and flattish, yeah. yeah. But with a little bit of elevation, like you're not not going down into the swamp where all the water is, like because you don't want to lay down in a pond if you're gonna go to sleep. And of course, the deer are gonna be in that area different times of year versus or with different pressures too. As soon as you start getting a lot more, uh, a lot more hunter activity, they're gonna go places where the hunters aren't being aren't pressuring them, and that's where you would end up going in a different time of the season. But yeah. Yep. First, first thing is you you hunt food basically. What I'll also also do is I'll just get drawn in. You know when you play battleship, and you you shoot one shot at a time at your opponent, right? You're trying to find those ships, and it's a mystery on this the board where those ships are hidden. Yeah. Your deer woods are kind of the same thing. It's a mystery to where those deer are in the on the the hillside or whatever. Now, when you play Sawbowl, right, and you shoot five shots, and, and so when I'm playing Battleship and I can shoot five shots, and then you tell me which ones I hit and which ones I didn't, I'll fire a line across the board, right, on a diagonal or something. Well, I'll take off and go up the mountainside. Say it's a big, huge mountainside with a road at the bottom, right, and I want to go find a buck on that mountainside. I'll walk straight up that hill. And as soon as I start coming to sign, whether it's moose sign or any kind of like game trails or anything that just pulls me in and says this way, Rod, right? <laughs> yep. I'll hit those and now I'll turn down those. Yes. And it's almost like a shark on a reef, right? He comes up to the edge of the reef, hits the reef, and now back and forth in a steady pace, he's sniffing and looking. And then all of a sudden, his nose picks something and turns, right? right. The wolf will do the same thing with the bison in Yellowstone, right? He'll just take off and head down the mountain range, right? Meanwhile, he's scent checking the side of that mountain with his nose, and he's sidewinding all the way down through there looking for something, right? Now, it will change as the rut gets going, and activity changes, but I'm looking for like concentrations of animal signs. Mm-hmm. Now you can do that on a road. You can drive a road and say most of the animals cross this piece of road right here at this you know mile marker 2.3 right right here. Everything where this little gully is, all the critters seem to cross this road right here. Yeah. Coyotes go across, the moose go across, the deer go across, all those kind of things. 
you can do the same thing in the woods as you just kind of fire straight out across it. And like Casey said, you're you're walking those edges. They're, you're more likely to hit game trails on those shelves, on those forest changes, on the edges of all those woods. And uh, how many times have you and I been like just hammer straight? Right? Just hammer right straight across country, across. <laughs> Whenever we don't have a track. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, your nose hits something and you yep. say, oh, what's this? Right? You look mm-hmm. down on the ground and there's a trail. And you instantly turn down the trail and you start going. Now, yep. if it peters out, we'll say, well, why did it peter out? Right. Why is there a trail here to begin with? Right? You start asking questions. It's an investigation. And at the same moment, you're leaving yourself out of it. Yeah. Right? The shark isn't saying, I'm being a shark. I'm being a shark. As he swims around on the reef, he's not doing that. He's just uh, sniffing, sniffing, looking, sniffing, and then, ooh, what do we got here? And then circle, 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 and then, ooh, here we go. And he gets all excited, and then bang. That, that kind of mentality, you can apply to the road, you can apply it to the mountainside, and you'll just be drawn to the right place. And, like, when, as soon as... You have this like non-caring self about it, and you just trust. You'll just all of a sudden be in the right spot. When you're when you're leaving the vehicle, and you're going up into the woods, like let the woods steer you. Yes. Because you're you look for the most efficient, best place to walk, and that you're feel comfortable in. Right. You're on. You can see. Yeah. Right? And, and deer are gonna take that same kind of like. Yep. They're going to take that same trail. Like all, yeah. all of the animals in the woods will all walk to this one little spot because that's the best place to walk. And I, that's, I like right. seeing a lot of small yeah. game. It's when you start seeing a lot of rabbits, a lot of uh, partridge, it's like that's going to be the place Coyote, where, where same thing. All, the, all the game is usually going to be funneled in the same spot. Same thing with the reef. There's a higher higher density of all the fish are going to be around the reef. But when you get out to the barren barren flats, <laughs> there's, there's nothing. There's maybe nothing, a flounder nothing here but and there. boots and cans out there. <laughs> well, rims. Not yeah. to mention, like I don't ever want to walk through the woods and not look down and see a deer track. I, I want to be able to see deer tracks under my feet all the time. And when there's not a track around, I'm out of there. Right. I've got to have something underneath me showing that there's something there. When, I need to have sign that encourage me to see. When you're going through the woods, let's say let's say it's the first week of deer season and you guys you haven't seen uh, the rut getting going yet and you look down and you've spent the majority of the day in a piece of woods and have not come across fresh sign or a good track yet. How long you know, if you're unsuccessful in other areas, how long will you wait before you go back to that area? Do you do you really concern yourself with? It's almost like field swapping when you're planting corn. Yes. Right. So you you go a season over here and then you switch the field. Yeah. Right. In order to get the most yep. product productivity out of the woods, will you do the same thing with a patch of woods that doesn't have a track yet? Right. If it doesn't have anything right now, we'll wait. And come back later and check. Like, will you right. do that? And well, how long will you wait if you do? Part of that, part of that matters as to how much time you have. If you go into the big woods and you only have a week, yeah. you're probably only going to get like two weather patterns. You know, most weather patterns in New England last three days. So, like, you might get three days of wind, cloud, and rain, and then three days of hot, sunny, or like maybe some foggy, nasty kind of damp stuff, and then snow. Right. So like if you have an entire month like we do, we'll go in and take a quick check and then we'll move on. When we find some really super exciting sign and especially numbers wise, the amount of sign 
and numbers wise of the deer present. Now we've got a good reason to hang out there a little bit more. But that doesn't mean that that blank spot that you went out through because it was the first week in November, the leaves have just fallen off like snow. It's like brand new snow. And the deer haven't had time to make too much sign in all those brand new leaves. Doesn't mean they're not there. Right, because we're talking about really low deer density. Oh, areas, yeah. Where it takes a long time for a deer to circle back on this patch of woods. Like <laughs> maybe once every half a week or whatever it right. comes back. We, we might check a spot in a three-hour loop, you know, leave the truck and say, well, we're just going to go look over here, right? Because we're doing a lot, almost 90, 99% of our scouting is during the season. We're not, we're not really looking the rest of the time. Yeah, it's we're, on the fly. Yeah, and we're also using last season's information because we were in that general area before, mm -hmm. or, or we happen to see a buck cross the road. We're just driving from town to town, and this giant deer comes across the road in front of us, and we say, well, there's a big one, right? And now we just start looking and sniffing around right there. Almost like the dog sniffing and looking, I kind of do the same thing. And I might not go back to that area until I can check it more thoroughly. Like the situations change. It rained for three days and those fresh leaves are now flat as a pancake. Right. Now I'm gonna wanna take a walk through there again. Because it, for one, it's been three days worth of time. And now a big, huge the, buck on them fresh the have changed. leaves. Yes, I can see those big punch holes. And if there's something big there, I'm going to find out about it in a short while. And of course, early November being pre-rut, if you find any amount of sign, the buck is usually right there. In the last five or six years, I got to say, every time they're not we, traveling. They're, they're not moving much yeah, yet. Not the does are not they're going not. and they're, they're feeling it a little bit because, you know, once in a while to make a scrape. They'll, they'll bang some, their horns just a little bit. They're getting some urges. Right, but they're not cruising and they're not crazy. They're not rut crazy yet. Yeah. And they're just kind of hanging and out. they're not traveling. And in the last few, the last few times, even like your deer, uh, Solo Buck, right? Yeah. That deer was just hanging out on that hillside. Oh, yeah. He and we went for a, a cruise <laughs> up the hill before that and said, well, there's, there's a buck there. Right. And he's just kind of hanging out on this hillside right here. Right. Now... It wasn't anything monstrous, no. but it was a decent one. I mean, it's 200 pounds, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we... To every single person who's not got a 200-pound buck just got a little I'm pissed right there. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't anything monstrous. It was just barely. It was only, what, 211. It was like no big deal, 220. Right? But it's, it's not like, an old buck. Hey, it's no, not a big one. He's only two and a half. He was only two and a half. It was a young buck, yes. right? And it was really early in the season, so he had lots of fat on him. Right. He hadn't right. had a chance to walk it off. Doesn't matter, baby. Don't Doesn't matter. matter. <laughs> he's, he's like, scoreboard. Now, when we saw that sign, what did we say? Ooh, nothing special. Nothing special, right? But it's a buck. It's so, a place to start. Right. We right. just had that. That was just a mark on the board. And we said, over here is one if we need one. Yes. Now right. let's go look some more. That's and right. when you yeah. find something that's off the wall beautiful. Right. Yeah. You know. And then you're like, here. Right. Now, sometimes that can screw you because you can over concentrate and it's a little early and you just, you mess the buck up. You train him, you jump him a couple of times or something, and you might not even know you jumped him, and you're kind of educating him a wired. little bit. And that that can be not so good when you can't actually find him, find him in order to get a bullet in him. It's just not going to work and out right then. So, so sometimes we'll find a giant and then leave him alone till everything's just right. So you have the right conditions. That's right. Solo wasn't a dominant buck. He was one that was says, 
if I leave this mountainside, I'm going to get my ass kicked. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. Right. Yes. Oh, yeah, so, because there was some big stuff in the bottom. Around him, that's right. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Taylor's 200 wasn't too yeah. far away. Mm, and, just saying. Yeah. Right, that was it. <laughs> oh, yeah, would have kicked his ass. He'd like, annihilated you. I have to stay up right. here. Jesus. Now, that wouldn't have been It would be like Rocky against somebody's grandma. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been embarrassing. Now, you're talking uh, a five-mile by two-mile area. At least. At least that those two buck were in. Yep. And that's a lot of countryside when you have 10 square miles and there's two or three deer in it. Yeah. Right. Now, granted, you're not going to be able to just... And they, they're at home everywhere. And a lot of the woods now in a lot of places are kind of the same everywhere. Yeah. It's not a... There's not a variety of different forest types. The, the cutting, yeah, the cutting the, practices are creating a monoculture. We're getting the, hammered where we are. The, yeah. the larger paper companies are taking all the hardwood because of those are the money trees. Oh, yeah. Right? It's other than just going to biomass and chips. There's no sense in, like, and, and it takes a long time to grow a good, mature log in order to get lumber out of it. That's right. Which right. Is, or veneer, which is your money. So they're just slaying it and growing softwood. So it's all turning into the same kind of softwood. Volume game, basically. But you're getting the region of this, like, striped maple and red maple, yep. which is getting chewed, turned yep. into these, like, witch's brooms. Yes. And it's, like, it's becoming like this. It'll be feed for this deer for a long time. fantasy, like, crazy, wild, wilderness-looking like not friendly looking right. woods. But yeah, it's, it's not at all. It's in not a lot of places, friendly. man, you can't only see thirty yards. You can't sometimes. hardly walk through. And it's it. increased. Right. It in, it's increased the amount of area you have to go and sift through. Because when you were up in on Golden Road with Tim, there was all these areas of of a few cuts here and there. Right. And it was just all big vast. It was. Woods. It was. And those were like opposite. a food plot, a food plot that exactly. just focused them. They right. they couldn't wait for that cut because that was beautiful new regeneration that right. they weren't used to experiencing. It was actual food right. in a high volume. You know, that goes to show how changes in your hunting area and how they affect the deer and how they affect the hunters and how you put all that together and make a plan for all that. That's There's another giant subject right there because there's quite a bit there that you can apply. But when you're you're looking and you're trying to get right on that, that big one and, and not mess them up, that's that's where you got to be a little bit careful there, and we we may try and locate four or five real nice, quality good deer, and it doesn't mean we'll end up with those. Yeah, you know, those but, are the ones you'll really want to pursue. Right, and we would try and focus on some of those. Right, so are all the other hunters. <laughs> so like, right, when it comes to we all are kind of, you know, when deer season comes, we all almost have like this little plan, right? There's five of us. For the most part, you know, we'll have other people come to camp with us or whatever, but it's it's Casey, Ryan, Dad, right? Yep. Rodman, and Cocoa Puff. Right. Yeah, right. And we all know that one of us is probably the most predictable hunter for what he's gonna do. And I think there actually may be there actually may be a method to the madness. And okay, guys, out of like a little pop quiz, where does Beave go on his first day? Straight to the top. He goes top. right to the top of the biggest, <laughs> tallest mountain around. Right, doesn't matter. And, it and whether there's deer up there or not. Whether there's deer up there or not. And yeah. part of it, part of it's because that's his first day out. He's stretching his legs. Yeah. Getting away from everybody. He's taking a break. <sighs> but on the other end of it, I actually think that like that, what you do, Beef, you probably collect almost more data than anybody else in that first walk because yes. not only not only when you, you don't have a track and you're looking for one are you co- covering elevation but also at elevation and with logging practices the woods are changing completely. Yeah. So like do you think that do you think that that's part of 
why you're doing that is to help kind of give you a good place to maybe find a good buck track later or to help narrow down woods where you could pick up a good buck. What do you think? Let's, let's, let's get a little window into that thought process that we all, because guess what Jimmy would say? He's going right to the top. Right here, right? <laughs> um, well, there's a, there's a few different reasons why I always shoot right for the moon when on the first day. For one, it's stretch the legs and uh, get getting the vibe. But yeah, the the woods change so much when you go from the base of the mountain to the top of the mountain. And depending on how tall the mountain is, your view changes too. So you get to see what's around that mountain as well, especially if this is a new area for you. Um, so when you get to the height of the land, your the view becomes so much more expansive because now you can see all the way around the mountain too so if you don't know the area and you're at the top of the mountain you can say oh there's a river down there oh there's a swamp over there oh there's a big green patch over here cuts and there's cuts and you can get the lay of the land especially if you've got some time to hunt so if you got a whole month you can get more information on what's around you but what i like about just going for the top of the mountain is exactly what you were saying is the the forest changes so much as you change in elevation the density of woods um the wildlife in the area yeah the number of deer the number of deer (laughs) how high they're going for sure and in the early days of maine when when i was first started going up there's a lot more hunters so there's a lot higher hunting pressure so they're pushing the deer up high because for one no one wants to hike to the top of the mountain yeah. Not when it's like 30. We had a wicked lot of and mild winters back when you first started going. Yeah. So there was a lot of high elevation deer, like yeah. does that lived on top. Yes. And the bucks, of course, they're checking out does. So yeah. the, the bucks follow where the does are. The other thing, like November was warm. Like when you guys first it started was, going up. Our November's, the first week was super warm. We had a and all the deer were trying days. to stay cool. You the, shot, the moose were on You the shot top. your biggest deer. You shot Tyrod. That's the video we did on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Where in that video, we're like, it's 65 degrees. And that was, that, was one of, that was one of the first days in the week. That was like the first Wednesday or whatever. Right. It was, it was, only, first it was like the third day of the season, and it was 65 degrees. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember going well, up. It was and, the second Wednesday of the season. And, oh, it yeah. might have been the second week. One of my first yeah. to- first seasons going up to Maine, um, we had a couple of 80-degree days. Oh, yeah. In November. I and mean, of it course, was early you, November. You want to have your hunting gear with you. You don't want to have anything. You want to dress you for don't, the weather. Right. And you, for you, sure. But you also want to have you your gotta, stuff. you got to be prepared, too, because if you had to stay overnight, right. it's going to get colder at night. Right. Um, but that was the other thing, too, is the temperature change. Because a deer is wearing a snowsuit comparatively to what we would be wearing. Right. And the higher elevation you go, the colder it's going to be. And if it's a warm day out, the higher elevations or even really low elevations in swamps because of the moisture content changing, it's going to make the temperature change. Right. So you and got, I'd rather be cool, too. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I always liked hunting high during the day because I didn't have to climb to get back to the truck. Right. <laughs> well, it yeah, did. I just got Colorado flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to go downhill and uh, you have to walk back up. Right. Or you have to go up and over a mountain to get to the truck on the other yeah. side. It's at getting the end of those the early sheds is probably what it is. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, he's, he's trying to get on the sheds up He's trying to get on the board, man. He's right. trying to get, yeah, he's trying to beat me. Well, yeah. not only that, but, uh, of course, the mountain has uh, more corner in it. You're always coming around a corner or on the top of a mountain. You're, you're coming around a bend in the trail. Right. You're you always looking around. Yep. You can hunt a lot slower. You can pace yourself better. It's green. And I like it, the greenery. It's cool. It's always changing. Yeah. So yep. it's not like you're walking down the same hallway all the time. You're coming into another room each time, and the, the room is different every time. And, of course, these guys uh, started hunting in the heyday of moose. Yeah. And 
And of course, when you first go to Maine, you want to see a moose. Right. I mean, that's what Maine is. They're moose, right. Right? right? So it's like we need Even to. And we moves. had no moose <laughs> back back home. We had no moose near our house or right. anything. There no. was only a few in the mountains if you went there. So like I, I I had to bring him. I'm like, we're going up there. We're gonna go see a moose. And we got up there, and he's like, oh my god. Right. <laughs> well, that also too. That moose is ten feet away. So you're saying. No, okay. So you're, what you're saying is you're to blame. You're to blame for that. Well, yes, in many ways. Because so on the first day, we go to the top. Yeah. That the, definitely kind of started that. The yeah. density of the woods is different too as you climb, yeah. and the number yeah. of animals. Like we, how many first times, uh, first weeks have we been up there, and there was snow. Yeah. And yeah. we looked everywhere. And couldn't find any deer. Right, deer are moving. Now. And the first thing we did is the snow is up in the mountains on it's the tops. High. So yeah. we ran to where there was snow right. and ran to the tops, and there wasn't a thing. Right. I I went what nine miles straight, straight shot nine Thinking nine GPS miles making my straight across the map swing. That's like and twelve went over miles the, alpine. Yeah, I went three three thousand foot peaks down the other side. And as I'm coming down the other side, Casey says to me on the radio, they're not up there. They're down here. Right? The deer Thanks for the update, Coyote. I really appreciate that. Right. It would have been great to know at 9 a.m. And then he says, uh, I'm going to need uh, some help here and some equipment. And I'm like, what the hell does that mean? Right? What does that mean? You need some equipment. And he's like, I got a blood trail. And I'm like, oh, okay. He's shooting at him. Okay. So yeah. I guess we're going to get down there, you know. And yeah, that's two twenty-two, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. So like, all of a sudden, you you start just checking and seeing where things seem to be, where the largest numbers of tracks are, where which way they're going, or what they happen to seem to be doing, how they seem to be using the land. I I like to know where there's does. I like to know where there's just deer in general. And then we'll put together a pattern, mm -hmm. and we can count on Beef going to the top. So sometimes we don't have to. Yeah, <laughs> do the leg he'll work. do the legwork so yeah. we can see. Right, stay Jimmy's that like, go get him, Beef. <laughs> <laughs> go chase him all the way back around and bring him to me. Yeah. The other thing too, um, if I don't have a, a buck track for starting off in the morning, and I just go high, I go where the moose are because the moose eat the same things as the deer eat, generally speaking. Yep, and if you don't have a deer track, be on tracks of some kind. Because during the rut, deer are checking tracks. Whether they're doe tracks, whether they're our tracks, whether they're moose. And you got to be, be where the game is. Because where yeah. the game is, the food is, and that's where the deer are going to end up being. Or they'll at least have been there. It's really nice that we all kind of have different styles. So we all basically fit or go to a different woods than each other. Which is nice because then we get back to camp and we're talking about we what share we information, see, yeah, which is go so through nice. our day, and it's going to increase your chances of narrowing down of the finding something right. by right. everybody's perspective and sharing that information and helping each other out. You know, we might drive out a twenty-mile road, and one of us get off at five, and somebody get off at seven, and somebody else has gone on a separate road and is twenty miles away. And then one other guy is over here, and they'll just ride out the road, and they'll look at the road and say, hmm, left or right, which one feels right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And then left, and drive out that, and then come to another fork and say, oh, right, and then go a little farther and look at a mountainside and say, right there, I'm going to go look there, right? Yep. Just using the guts, right. yep. and, and then 
now they just spread out and they just do some sniffing, right? You just do some cruising and some sniffing and looking around and all of a sudden we'll come on to, well, there's a buck here. I found some rubs, found some scrapes. There's a boatload of does in this area. There's a huge bull over here and I found a shed and I saw two cows. And of course we're filming as we're doing it. And then at the end of the day, or even at noon, we might not talk to each other till noon. And come on the radios at noon and say, well, how's it going? We've had days where I haven't talked to anybody for the entire day, and you guys were picking me up at dark near the blacktop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all kinds of situations. And it's nice to have some. That's the other reason it's nice to have somebody high on the radio with your frequency. Yeah, yeah, I can talk to him, and then he can talk to somebody else and relay the word. And if somebody really comes on to something and says, oh, there's a giant in here. Well, now we've got something to start with. So yeah. when the snow does fly, mm-hmm. you have a place to or check. yeah, or when the wind and the conditions and, and the, the woods are just right for doing a little still hunting through that piece, and we know somewhere in this valley right here, there's a good one, and we do a little bit, and ooh, he's using this runway over here, right? You start that little more intense circling trying to figure out just what the deal is. You know, you find that one first sign and you sniff it a little bit and then you find a little more. And you sniff a little bit and circle and poke around and then all of a sudden you come on to, ooh, he's using this. He's been up and down this logging road right here six times. That's gonna get him killed. Then, and right, and as soon as you start developing a pattern, now we've got something to work in. And when the snow flies, now we've got seven or eight starting spots. To look for tracks and to pick one up. Also two terrain changes. Like valleys where two mountains come together. Yeah, and especially that, in a new place. In a new place. Checking those will help because that's where the game, like you were saying earlier, they funnel through this one particular area because it's the easiest going. And they're about convenience, just like we're about convenience. Efficiency, yep. yeah. And, like, I don't know how many times I've been following a moose track and I come to this wall of brush. I don't know how this bull got through it. And I have to, and I'm a skinny guy. I don't know how I managed to squeeze through it. I get on the other side, and he's still standing there because he gets out and goes, oh. Yeah, I got out of that oh, thank, thank God I can sit here and just relax for a minute. I'm out of this crap. And that's, and the moose wants to take the path of least resistance, just like we do sure. when it comes to the woods. So checking your environment as you go is going to help determine where you can pick up a track. Not to mention, he showed you that nice logging trail that goes through the rock pile and gets you to the other side that you didn't know was there. And that's where you'd have your GPS and you mark that spot. You mark that and say, when I'm going from this side of the mountain to that side of the mountain, this is the place to cross through. The critters know the shortcuts. Right. Right. That's that's one of Coco Puff's greatest things he's so good at that he yep. he can say and then poke around and he says boy you go through here and you go there and there's a trail and you're out of there right yeah. <laughs> he, he, he can say this is where you go you don't yeah. that do not go over there yeah. this is where over you go here. that is yeah. a <laughs> hole <laughs> yeah that's a cocoa puff favorite yeah i ain't gonna do that i ain't no doing way. no swimming right yeah yeah Jeff would always say, that area is forbidden. Right? <laughs> like, don't go there. Right? It's forbidden. Yeah. forbidden. Larry, right? Larry would always say, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. You snake through here and you go there and then it's cake. Right? Yep. And sure enough, Joey Joey was always that. Joe Lajeunesse was always yeah. that way. He yeah. knew every little pass to get from here to get to there. And you're just, you're out of there. You can go through here, here, here. Yeah. And there's this little goat trail and you go right through little there. Little wormholes, man. That's yeah. right. And but of that, course, yeah. that's that's the guide, right? You know, That's like the Indian guide who knows the territory. Well, it's because he spent the time. Yes. He's been in that piece of woods long enough to know all those little... Well, I mean, and of course, they're a secret things. of the woods. You're trying to go out in the woods and find its secrets. 
Yeah. Here's let's let's assume this, let's this assume discovery. let's assume right now that you're on your way out to the woods. Snow or not, what's your first move to find a big buck track? Regardless of weather conditions, what are you gonna do first? Checking the roads. Truck. And how do you do that? I'll Give us a just go nice and easy down the side of the road in every spot where it looks pretty good for a deer to cross. I'm looking for some deer tracks on the side of the road crossing the road. What kind of a cost, runway? What constitutes a good spot for a deer to cross though? What would that look like? What in well, your experience? What do you, like? You know, up here it's real bony soil. We have a lot of rock and stuff. Granite. So granite, right? So when they dig a road, they dig these horrendous ditches and they pile the rocks up on the sides. They cut the trees back. They busted the forest open to put a road in. And, um, of course, they put in lots of water bars, culverts, ditches, and those culverts are like a break in that giant stone wall that kind of runs down the side of a road, you know. So they're, they're going to take those little breaks where they can slip through. Any place where there's a new road so end. that there's new grass, right? Any places where they've logged and there's landings along the side of the road, especially within a year or two old landings. scratched up the yep. soil. The stuff hasn't started growing. There's plenty of dirt there. And I'm looking in that dirt for a good buck track in that dirt along the side of the road, just taking my time. I'm also looking for feed, good cuts that have the right age feed. How old are the cuts? For, for around here, what would you say those look like? Three-year-old three cuts are really nice. The, the raspberry bushes are starting to get like belt like to chest high, yeah. and that is just nothing but food, tons of food. Um, and where the whips are starting to come up and they have that red hue, we explain that on a million of the YouTube yep. videos. We, we show it quite they a bit. Like they're glowing almost. Yeah, there's like this red hue to the cut. All the little sticks, there's like a hue to the sticks and they're red and they're juicy and a lot of them are maple, <laughs> soft maple. And, and the moose are just on that, especially if they've been trimmed a lot because the moose and the the deer are eating a lot of the same stuff. They love the raspberries. They love the the ferns. Balsam, baby red maples. Yeah, maples. striped maple, You're just yellow birch. Yes, they're crazy about that stuff. And of course, that big huge root ball grows those little shoots extra fast, and they've got a huge root system feeding this little shoot, so it's really good for yeah. them. Beeb, what would you, if now he's just explained? Let's say you did what he did, and there's nothing on the roads, right? There's no snow. Or if there is snow, you didn't find a track, what's your what's your game? Regardless of what day it is, what time of year it is, what is your next move if you hadn't found a buck track from the road, what are you going to do? Or not road, but logging road, basically. Got to go in the woods. And do you have, like, a thought process? Well, or to sum it up for, a, like, an easy, someone, like, is on their way out to the woods right now, and they haven't found anything from the road, what should they do, in your opinion? Check the dead ends. You go to an, a dead end of a road, how many buck, big buck tracks have we picked up that the deer has walked around the dead end road instead of crossing the road? Because he's been picked up, he, they, he's been, Especially had hunters pick experienced experience. buck, you get like five year old buck yeah. that have, they've been picked up on, on a road, so they walk around the road or they jump over the road. So um, that too, and I mean, go with your gut, what, what, how are you feeling? today like you know my legs are kind of sore because I haven't been doing much exercise for the year and I just walked up a mountain I'm gonna go down into the valleys um, swamps your choice of road too can be real important yes some roads are more valuable than others mostly because of how well you can see tracks on them mm -hmm. you know a, a newly new logged area 
within the last couple, three years, those roads are gonna be way better to find one on than an area that hasn't been logged for 10, 15 years, and the woods are growing in on the road, and there's grass growing in the road, and there's no way to tell if something's been across it. There's lots of slash, and, and the, it's tight on the sides of the road, and it's not quite as open. Those roads will not be as good. Doesn't mean there isn't a good deer there, but you can't find stuff so good it hides the tracks more and if i have a choice i want you know a road that would they've done some logging on in the last three years especially where if there's like steep terrain beside the road you'll have a lot less travel from side to side more down the road yeah so they might have a higher likelihood of being going parallel with the road and not actually crossing it i like i like roads like that that have the nice gentle sides so that the deer want to go from one side to the next and then they'll have more a higher likelihood of crossing Right. that road now should the snow fly now i'm going to that other road i don't care about the open one so much unless there's a big deer there you know like say i checked those roads where it had been logged and i didn't find all that much and i can't really check the tight road very much you know the sides are tight there's lots of grass and i can't really check that in but it's slashy and nasty because it hasn't been cut for a while or say it was cut 10 or 15, 20 years ago, and now the poles are all 20 feet high, and it's real slashy, odds are good if a big buck was on that road, he'll still be alive because it's tight. It's Those, hard hunting. Yes, yeah. it's hard hunting, and it's tight woods, and he's got a real good chance of survival because you can't see very far, and, the no the and you've got to be right on him. And the woods are noisy, but he can make it through. He takes one jump, and he's out of sight. Yeah, so right. like that slashy, nasty area, I'm going to check that when the snow flies. I, if I have to pick those two roads where it's been cut and where it hasn't for a little while, I'm going to check that, that road there right. because people, it's less attractive to hunters Less more hunting. attractive to deer a little does bit. It, less hunting pressure. When you when you think of like deer hunting, right, November shooting a big buck during rifle season, everybody imagines, right, this big hog in giant open hardwoods, beautiful broadside shot. You right. know what I mean? Like that like the romantic woods are the woods you don't find a whole lot of deer in. Not because anymore. Because one, there's not Especially. a lot of cover and there's not a lot of feed. Yeah. And because of the, there we have opened up a diversity in the woods, and that's not the only kind of woods there are. They're not in there really anymore. No, right. The amount of big bucks that we found in big open hardwoods is pretty small. And they oh, usually yeah. just they're just passing. Yeah, they pass through, they're or they'll like the bed down on the edge, and they'll hang out for a minute, and then they they go right out because and like they're back in the does don't hang out there because no. they feel uncomfortable and vulnerable, and New then Hampshire, they can get harassed. Right, and there's New no Hampshire's food. Different, like right. like central New Hampshire is, is that's more of the woods you're gonna see deer in. Yeah. Oh yeah. The beauty, them big beauty woods. Oh, they're yeah. out in the middle of them big beauty knowing, woods. Knowing knowing where you are in in the kind of area determines the kind of forest that they're going to be right. as well. Because now, like, see, I, cu I couldn't wait to go to New Hampshire if there was snow on the ground. Right. But they never get snow, right. and it, it's always at the right. end, Sense and it's like, man, right. it's and it's this oak, oak tree ocean, as far as the eye can see, beach. with beach. <laughs> beach whips. Beaches. Oh it's nothing but beach, man. And in oak leaves, six inches deep, and you sound yeah. like a bulldozer coming through that. <laughs> Walking cornflakes. Absolutely. New Hampshire owes us a freaking hog. We've spent some time over because there. Because what the hell? Season. Man. Yeah, it's we, a tough. You gotta one. get over there early season sometime because yeah, you know, we could do damage over there. But it's one of those things, you know. You have to pick. You have to pick your spot. Right. And what you go? You want for. the big? You want the bigger rack, or do you want this giant two hundred pounder? That that honestly, is what it the is. bigger that's, racks that's, are New Hampshire. That, yeah, that's for sure. For you know, sure, a little more common yeah. for sure. Yeah. But the weights. Yeah. 
Your right. odds of shooting a 200-pounder in Maine are way higher That's right. than in New Hampshire. New Hampshire gets hogs. Well, Let's be fair. But they don't have the winters. Area, Most of it doesn't winters. have the winters. You know, yeah. a bigger portion of New Hampshire is farther south right. than, like, Vermont, our bigger portions farther north. Right. So, like, we're, we're kind of like the sister states, one's upside down, you know. But theirs. Their state's upside down. But there's such a diversity to hunting, like, all three states. And, oh, and sure. us spending all three states has made us well more well-rounded. And it helps like crazy. Well, it's giving you more but, tools to apply in yeah. the other states. The experience of hunting in different areas of different woods and different, like, literally different deer types. Because they almost have, like, different kind of... Yeah. When they live in a different area, they almost have, like, a different They're kind like of They're like 175 pounders with 130 and 40 inches. I know. I is like. a lot more common. Yeah. Right. It's a lot more common. And a four-year-old is an exceptional-looking deer in New Hampshire. But, of course, you There's use, the, about it. You use the, uh, the, the track mentality from Maine. You'd be like, oh, that's not that's not a 200-pounder. What am I getting? But it's like, that's one of the biggest racks you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Right. If, if, yeah right. if you're going after bone, that's the one you want. Right, right. right. There's many of the 100, even here in Maine, there's many 170, 80-pounders that have the biggest, nicest racks. Yeah. And right. the 230 has these big, huge beams and, like, Three inch point. He, he, right. he speaks that from experience. <laughs> yeah, I, I, this is the land of seven pointers. The, the, me- <laughs> the method of not finding a deer. We had snow a couple years back, 2017, 10th day of November, right? Yep. We had brand new snow. It started snowing at like three o'clock in the morning and it didn't stop until like nine. Yeah. yeah, right. And of course, we're out there. We want to hit it. We're very excited. It's right. still early we got, season. We got no snow. one has gotten anything. Workable yet. snow. Actually, yeah. Casey had, I think Casey, yeah. Yeah. You, you and I yeah, got one. one the same year that year. Yes. And Casey had shot a yeah, first hour or whatever because he's a half hour. He hunted right? part of a day. And we, we covered all of our good spots. We looked around, didn't see anything. And it's like, well, now it's time to go into the woods. We don't have a track, but it's time to take a section of the woods and do a cross cut and see what there is. So I use the kind of the dead end method where you pull up to the end of the road and you just go for a walk straight off the end of it to see if anything's crossing, you know, crossways to the road. And I ended up picking up that track and 10 minutes later, I had my first 200 pounder just because that it works so good because he's like, I'm going to walk around the edge. And I'm just going to stay in the bushes and not be out there. And he also, he'd been thrashed a little bit. So older deer treat roads different. The time of year, the time of the year and where that buck is on his, almost like the social class of deer, like the pecking order of bucks. If he's higher up, he's going to act different than if he's smaller. And if he's less experienced with other deer and with the roads, like you're saying. Oh, so yes. that method works really freaking yeah. good. When when you're following a buck track and he's headed for the road and you're going, oh man, right? It's okay. Yeah, don't and give Don't up. let that bother you, but continue down. Now, if you're wondering if it's a really good buck or not, most of the time, the really big ones, the four or five-year-olds that have really played the whole game quite a bit, they'll pull down to within 100, 150 yards of the road and then they'll stand there for a minute. They'll do a four-way, you know, just four-way, and they'll look. And sometimes even, like, almost, like, pace in the spot and listen. Then they'll pull down closer, and and they'll do it again. Then, when the coast seems clear, (laughs) yeah, sometimes jump real hard, but uh, sometimes just tiptoe right across real quick-like. They just boom, 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 boom. And then they'll drop down into the woods. Now, that time, who was I with in New Hampshire, and it was one of Alexis's muffins? It was me. 
Okay. Alexis's muffins. Alexis made us some muffins for deer camp. Oh, yep. okay. Got your cousin Alexis. Yeah. Yep. She was new to cooking. <laughs> right? She's new to cooking. Uh oh. <laughs> they weren't that good, right? And we pull up to this deer track and it across the road. Now we had driven out and we're gone 20 minutes. We come back and the buck is just crossed. And oh, we're on it. Right, yeah. That's yeah. what you're looking for. That's <laughs> what you want. Man. Right. So we, we stop and we get out. And instead of walking, and I'm looking, Casey's standing there, right? right? And I look up where he's going and I don't see anything. So I said to Ryan, and he was new to it then, I said, well, let's go look at how the buck approached the road. The if other, he just came plowing through, not looking, right? right? So we let's go find out if he's an idiot. That's right. Go we'll find out how old he is and if he's a, he's a dope. We like a stupid deer. We do. I only <laughs> shoot dumb ones. Well, we walk back in about 35 yards to where he could just start to see the road pretty good. And there's a whole bunch of pace marks right yep. there. Uh -oh. he, had, he had stopped in his front, the front two tracks went left to right, left to right, left yeah, to right. Yeah, he, he had stood in that four-way for quite a while. Yeah. So it must be, we might have been driving by while he stood there. Right, yeah. right. And then when he was sure we were gone. That's pretty zipped That's across probably the, the most likely scene. Yes. So he was probably right. We just missed him, right? Just seeing him. And he, we drive through and he, ba-boom, 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 sneaks across the road. Now, he jumped into the middle of the road and landed and hardly left the track at all for a little book right in the middle little, of the road. tiny little And then bubbles. leaps for the side of the road, the rock pile ditch on the side of the road, and he lands on top of it. Now, when we come back down through, I don't notice the little punk in the center of the road, way up but I look bank. way up on the side of the bank and there's one hole up there. And I said, oh, I don't remember that. I remember coming through here, right? That when we say thorough road work, right, you're looking good. Yeah. And when you drive out, look good. Calm the desert. Look good when you come backwards, right? So we come back and I said, oh, there's a hole up the bank right there. So him and I see the ones in the middle. We go back and look. And I said to him, I'll bet you one of Alexis's uh, muffins. You'll have to eat it. <laughs> that this buck goes up on the other side of the road and as soon as he gets like a hundred yards up from the road he digs the ground right he does a, a, a four-wheel burnout right makes a scrape, makes a scrape right yeah. there and then goes about his business right like <laughs> these are my woods like a dog that just took a dump i made right? it across <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's gonna scrape this take that so him and i walk up in there and sure enough yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh. Right? i believe it was banana nut <laughs> banana yeah. nut because yeah. you'd have to be bananas or nuts to eat it is that what you're saying <laughs> yeah it was bananas and no offense alexis we you, love her you've, we in, love you've her. improved your yeah we'll take right. more right yeah we'll take them now yeah <laughs> don't use the old recipe yeah yeah but it goes to show how they react to that road. If, and it doesn't mean that way all the time. There's like, every time you start making up a rule about deer. It changes. It changes. Like you can meet exceptions to every rule, but there's a lot of generalities that you can apply. And the better you start predicting what you think's gonna happen by what you've just read, and when you further investigate and you find out you're right, that's a good feeling. Yeah. I like that. And. That, that was a good deer. That was a big boy. That was a big boy. You know, like a, a four or five year old. Mm -hmm. That was a nice one. Good mature And he dog. goes up the bank and scratch, scratch, scratch. And then he goes out there another 200 yards and scratch, scratch, scratch. And by then we parked the Jeep. I'm like, we're going in the woods. Yeah. We're in that <laughs> yeah. Right, we need to go take a look. And we, we hiked up the hill and he went right up to almost 3,000 feet and we had to call it quits because it was the end of the day. And we yeah. still had to No, we back. started at what, two o'clock. 
Yeah. And we were 4.30 or so when we come yeah. back down. So we were dark when we got back. But it was worth a try in a two and a half hour hunt to just walk up the hill. Because he was right there. He, he was know. right he was there. Fresh. We just missed him. And we, who knows if he didn't hear us pull back in. And now he's standing up on the, the, the flat up there just Waiting looking back. Yep. And he lets us walk in on him a little bit. And we end up getting a shot or something. Worth a try. Or he's banging his horns, right? right. And, and now he doesn't know. And we, we sneak in on him and we can do something or about it. Or he puts it. the feedback. It only takes 10 minutes kill deer yeah the other thing too to keep in mind if you're looking for tracks and you don't find anything fresh take an old track yeah take be, something because i want to be on the track how many times have we picked up an old track and they only went 100 yards off the road and laid down for the night or they freshened up and it freshened up but they got up yeah. and you come to a bed with fresh tracks leaving one of our yeah. one of our good friends ryan moore shot do that way yeah oh yeah went found a track from the road 150 yards, they snowed in, whatever, they yep. took, yep. only went a Antique little ways down track. the woods, and there he was, big, freaking monsstrous, 200 pound rack. Jimmy source. doesn't like that. <laughs> no, I don't take antique tracks. Right, and the damn deer's out there, sometimes that's all. <laughs> Lately, oh it's, for Cocoa Puff, though, he finds a track, and then just, antique tracks stay antique. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like that. I go all the way around and come back to where I started, and it's all snowed in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poor Puff, dude. I can't wait to I can't wait to have him on the podcast. Oh, He's yeah, coming, okay. don't worry. Yeah, this, these aren't just legends of a mystery man. You guys, you guys, if you don't know who he is, you'll get to meet him. He's really awesome. Yeah. But let's do. How about this? What is your number one do and don't for finding a track? Let's start with Casey. What's your number like? Don't do this. Do this. What's the one thing you don't want to do for you when you're going to find a track? What will you not do? And what will you always do? Right. Um, I'm not going to run to the top of the mountain. <laughs> um, Sorry, babe. I, I, I wore like a little Ewok, and I just kind of like yup yup, like hang around by the road, and just kind of just just like lollygag, Mr. Karma. Like, I don't I don't like put a lot of effort into deer hunting. I just it just works. But um, yes, listen to him over there. Uh, I do. I do my fair share of walking. Yes, um, I do a lot of walking. Um, You're like a dog. You do a lot of circles. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> he also lets go of himself. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, he's not right. Casey when he's out there walking around. He's no. the little Ewok. No. <laughs> and I'm just right. <laughs> little nose. And, and I'm walking. just letting my kind of like my feet just bring me places. Um, so I'm not just gonna run up to the because I, I a lot of times like to hunt does. I don't like to hunt bucks all that much because a lot of times you get on a especially during during peak season. Oh, peak rut, yeah. Or or even like later rut. A lot of times the bucks are now looking for the the does that are gonna be in the second heat, and so they're like going miles and miles and miles and miles. And it's like you 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 look at the deer's attitude and it's like yeah he's not stopping. You might as well go someplace where he's gonna end up. Exactly. So I I like to hunt. I like to hunt feed the most, and so I like to hunt where they're gonna spend the most time and where I'm trying to find a buck that is going to be circling back and looking for the does and checking them out and then kind of. But I don't want to. I don't want to be on on the highway basically. Yeah. Ba the interstate. Yeah, I don't want to be where. call it when they're yeah. zombie walking on the interstate. Yeah, and yeah. so I'm just I'm I'm gonna hunt food. Yep. Is what I'm gonna do, and I'm not gonna run on the top of the mountains basically. Be what about you? What's your what will you not do to get a track? Well, you'll never do that. And what's something that you will do? Like almost guaranteed, we're trying to pick up a good big buck track. Casey had a really good point. Uh, hunt feed. I don't take the first track I see. Hmm. That's interesting. Why is that? Because 
the track's there. The track's the tra you find the track. It's gonna be there. But if you take the first track, you see if you went 100 yards down the road, they probably crossed back and did a loop around. So you gotta do your throw road work. Oh, so you mean you're 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 still you haven't gotten out of the vehicle yet? Yeah. And you're you're cruising your roads or go headed to the spot where you're gonna start hunting. Right. If you see a track crossing the road, you're not gonna take that. I do chance. some road work first because you don't want a dead loop and waste three hours because right. they cross right. the road again. Sometimes um, you can do that anyway. <laughs> but sometimes it does it anyway because it's an eight mile circle. Yeah, I, I played that game um, this last season. Yeah. One thing I always will do if I don't have a track. You gotta go out in the woods, and I like to go out. <laughs> We're all sitting there looking at his face, going, "He's about to say." It. He's like, "I'm going on the top, baby." Yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of more of a spiritual thing, too. I think it's, yeah. it's he likes he likes that. I do too. I've always like I'm headed for the that's, top. That's number go, that's number one reason. Like it's a spiritual release. event. Yeah, you get me. to the top and you go, oh, okay, now hunting season can begin from the top of the mountain." I like that because there's so few that are there, and I that that's always good. And I don't know, that's my fault. <laughs> so I a little bit program that a little bit, yeah. And of course, everybody is like prone to their conditioning. Yeah, you know, like what worked and what didn't work. I'm real inclined to go where there was a giant the year before. Like if yep. if I'm driving out and there's roads everywhere, I want to go to where pounder I bill. know there was a good one over here last year. Let's go snap. Let's check the honey hole. That's right. <laughs> we pull come on Winnie the Pooh. We yeah. pull four deer out here that weighed over two hundred pounds in consecutive years. We're gonna go check this road. Yeah, that's and that's that's like gotta do. Like you just you just gotta do you gotta go where that thing was over there and see if it's still kicking. He gets excited about big deer. I know. I used to <laughs> so some of the times where you see a big buck track and Dad's like, oh, <laughs> he's got that face. Look like, at that. All the videos. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love that. He gets all. He gets all. That thing is a monster. He gets all wound up. Uh, that one that goes through the notch with you and me. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can feel it. Yeah. That was a deer. Right? That was a so horrendous. That's deer. really nice. Well, and, and won't you? That's do? really something. So what, what, are you, what are you going to avoid? What's a mistake? I'm going to avoid an area where Jimmy could get one. What the hell is that supposed to be? <laughs> well, like Jimmy's got like something going on right there. I don't want to walk around in those woods because it'll run in. I'll run into that. It'll <laughs> be good. I like or others. Right? There's say, other people. Yeah. That's little, he's he's also done that before too though. Dad, somebody's on a buck and unbeknownst to dad, five tracks. Just yeah, goes we He's that. like, you know, I'll just go walking through here. Oh, look at that thing! Wow, I'm Lock not gonna then, shoot any deer today. And then pow! And, oh damn! Look at that thing. <laughs> Haley, <laughs> Haley was not impressed. No, she was like, Haley didn't like that. Five tracks, and it's well, like, oh man. What's something you won't do if you're trying to pick up a track? What's a habit, a behavior, a thing that you won't do that would actually stop you from getting a good track? In your opinion. What's a don't, right? You're trying to get a big buck track. What's something you shouldn't do? I, I'm not going to follow him in a swamp someplace, and especially early, without snow. Right. I am not going swimming like swimming without in a brush when I think he's in there, and like it's real like tight, 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 and there's no chance. Like snow makes it so much better for well, they you can't, to stand they can't a chance. Fly. So if you have snow, you can if you push him out of the swamp. Well, now you know where he is. Yep. Where he could be doing donuts in there with no snow, and you'll never see him. Ninety nine percent of the time, also too, I hate going downhill, so I got to climb back up out. 
That's one of the things about Colorado. There was some beautiful country oh downhill. God. And, of course, the roads will go to the top, and they're at the bottom. You start at the top of the hill. Yeah. So, like, going down in is a no-no for me because you'll have to drag back up out. I either drag my body because I'm tired or <laughs> drag my body in an animal because I'm tired. It would have been nicer when in Colorado when, we show up, when Keith got his elk if we could have packed it and went downhill. Oh, the air was thin, the and the temperature was hot. There's a lot to carry out. Yeah, there. it was nine thousand it, feet. It'd have been nice to go downhill. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, I hate going down into a hole somewhere to pick up a track. Starting to pick up a track, but that doesn't mean they ain't there. Yeah. I want to be where there's a big deer. It, yeah, and ninety nine percent of the time, I don't care where he is. If you got a big track, yeah, it's worth going after him. And, and I'm not stick. gonna sit. I am not going to no. sit when nothing's moving, and he sits, and I sit, and the whole day goes to hell. Right. I'm not doing at, that. Well, I at least am, if like, one of you is on your feet, you, if you're on your feet and the deer are not moving, you have a better chance of seeing something, because you could kick one up. Right. That no, I know no animal's moving, right? I go for a walk, and I come onto a moose, and it's just laying there. And I go around it, or I get it up, and then I go a little farther, and there's another moose, and it's just laying there. And, like, everything is, like, not moving. And it's one of those, like, bluebird days when the fishing's terrible. Yep. So is the hunting. Like, I'm not in, or say it's, like, super potato chip crunchy, Crunch. or it's super dry, and, and when I walk, it's noisy. I'm still going to move around, because, like, they're not going to lay there all day. I'm not going to let that thing lay there. It's going to get up. <laughs> I and it's going to get up when I get there. Yeah. Right. And if I, it it just doesn't make sense to me to be in country, huge country with so few deer, and sit down and hope one moves. Doesn't mean they can't. It happens all the time. And especially if you've done some preseason scouting, cameras and whatnot, and you picked out and you know where there's some deer and there's there's some deer activity. Sitting there can be a, a great move for many people. For me, I just, oh my God. Every fiber of his being. I'm sleeping and it's like, no, I, I'm going to make it happen today. and I'm, Or at least I'll avoid a spot that I'm pretty sure there doesn't seem to be anything. And I'll go to some, to some new country. Or I'll avoid a spot because I know there's something there. And, and I'm just going to screw the, it up. Waiting for the conditions. Yes, to I'm going to go to new woods, check out a new spot, and I might run into something that's awesome about you too like and i'm i'm too busy trying to not waste my too much of my time in any way and make the most of my scouting during the season and also too the discovery of new land is awesome the new spots you know and there's so many acres to check out that there's so many places to hunt even in vermont it's just tons of places to hunt and i wish i had time to go to all them mountains i i drive by and i say oh that looks good that looks good that looks good that looks good and i never stop, get you gotta it. stop hitting your favorite spots then yeah i know that's your problem yes i i do get pulled in we these all spots. because a good oh like God. we said in our last podcast good spots a good spot doesn't matter <laughs> and that's part of the hunting experience i actually have two don'ts my first don't is don't be in a hurry to get out of the truck yeah. Right. There's so much ground to cover. There's so much data. There's so much narrowing down you can do from the vehicle so without much, getting out. So much road work right? to do. You you have like because where are we hunt? What's the acreage? What would you estimate is the acreage? Horrendo. Thirty thousand. Oh yeah, Horrendous. you're talking three three hundred square miles. So you're not gonna cover that on foot very fast. Not three hundred square miles. Right? So definitely not. For me, don't be 
don't be in a hurry to gather rig. Everybody, because especially in the beginning of the season, right. you're ramped. You're all you want to get out up. there the, the first day, right? right? You're like, I don't care what's going on. I'm getting out into the woods. And it's like, relax. You have okay? a whole season. Slow down. Chill out. Don't yep. be in a hurry. Yep. The second part is when you're, you don't find anything from the road. You've taken your time. You get out. And you're walking through the woods. And you haven't found a track in the woods yet. Don't be in a hurry to run to a, a track. Mm-hmm. Because the other thing too is one of the things that helped me start actually shooting deer and took me from the 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 drought phase of my hunting when I first started was right. going way too fast. Right. Yeah. Being in a hurry, the I want to go get a track. The deer's not right here. Mm-hmm. That that thought can screw you nine times out of ten. You slam right into it. Yeah, because sure. you busted. Like you're hunting and you're going through the woods. Like there's you're the only thing there. And right? you got the legs. You're on the highway. You were covering you, ground. Yeah, we have. Like I stopped covering ground. I there was almost like the culture of hunting that we've created and hearing stories and all this from you and all these other things created a distance prowess. How far did I go? Tracking today? and going out I there. Went. I covered this mountain to that and went over here and did that and did this and went over there and down there. And now if you didn't do that, <laughs> yeah. you almost felt like, dude, I got to go. Right? <laughs> right? Like I got I to gotta cover some ground. And I, as soon as I was like, I got to swole back. Even if you don't have a track, he could be right here. Yeah. They live here. Yeah. Slow your roll. Yeah, always. I noticed yeah. that they're at home here. When I started slowing down, you start shooting I started deer, shooting, and deer. you started seeing things because the woods are so big and there's so much detail. Well, you and take one so... step, and your entire perspective, 360 degrees around you, That's changes. 100. percent Now it's a completely different view. But the information you gained by walking miles and miles and miles yes. was so good yes. because you said there are deer here, there are deer well, here, there are deer here. Especially when you start oh, learning the area. Mostly, yeah. it's, it's mostly for learning the area. When you know yeah. the area and you already know the trends of the animals now have as far down. as movement, slow down. Yeah, you're not in, you're not in recon mode time anymore. Now it's time to hunt. Yes, and a that, lot of times we've had like some fairly new snow, like new snow. They haven't had time to make tracks. That's right. when you can go hundred. And because right. uh, you have to, right? You got to pick up a track, right? You got to jump them or something. You know the tracks are going to be thin because they really haven't had time to make them. Right. So that's where you're going to be information gathering as quickly as possible. Right. And the tracks will be thin even at 24 to 36, 48 hours later the tracks will still be kind of thin in the early part of the rut right yeah but come the main rut right. in 24 hours there'll be tracks everywhere right. like it'll be it'll go from no tracks the next day to, to a barnyard central because now they're all covered ground not to mention like one chunk of woods will have a million tracks for two days and then no more for a week and a spot of woods you went to, and there was no tracks for a week. You had week old snow, and there was nothing. I'm out of there, right? Right. But you go back that week later, and it's covered. Uh, how many times right? that happened? Just missed them. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So like, and if you got information from somebody, and they said, "Oh, there's no deer up there," right? Or, or there's ton of deer over here, or there's a big one over there, and you do a little sniffing on your own, and you find out it's true or not true and you, you, you gather it for yourself, and then, like, say you drove out a five-mile long road and there were three trucks parked on it. Um, you might be discouraged because that was the place you were gonna go. Go anyway. Like, I really like this road, and uh, there was some nice obvious sign that everybody else found, right? right? And now they're all hunting this road, and I'll I'll start out and there's a whole bunch of rigs. Oh, don't bother, right? Don't bother today. The next day, that's my road. (laughs) 
Because odds are good. They didn't shoot him that day. And they left. And they all saw each other and all the other people out there and said, oh, everybody's in here. Now we'll go try somewhere else. It's like, the, it's like a bunch of sharks all of a sudden like that part of the reef and then abandon it. And the next day, ooh, and then boom, all the game's it's, back. it's like the, well, the place, is, shoots it. <laughs> the place is probably going to be packed, so we'll go to dinner there tomorrow. And if everybody thinks that, you're the only one who went. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's that, it's that same thing. Right. Yeah. What, what is your abs, absolutely, what's the thing you're going to do? I don't argue with success. I check my good spots. There are yeah. those good spots, because, right, where you yeah. just... You know what I mean? Yes. If it's always been good, that there's a reason rock, why, and that's always that a good road. spot to pick up a track, yeah. and right. I don't want to go into woods that don't have a big deer, or that might have one, to find out if it does or not. I want to go to a place where I know there's decent deer, and there always have been. Right. If that turns out to not be the case... Then I'll go scout and I'll go look around elsewhere. Right. Yeah. But if if the purpose is to get a big buck as fast as possible, you gotta go where I'm I, going to where it's been great the entire time. Like right. if if you're especially in, if you never missed. Yeah. Like no, there's a road that just has always got one on. Yeah. Or like a, or a mountain range that's or gonna, something that always has it. That's gonna, where you want to yeah, be. There's gonna yeah. be some sniffing. That's Don't just argue gonna success. Get done. That's right. Don't right. argue. That's most right. of the time a good spot's a good spot for a reason. Yeah. Or yeah. or because the terrain. Whatever, the feed, whatever, whatever the case is, yeah. If you've seen a big buck there or whatever, go there. Try that first, and if that's not the case, then apply all of this some results. Right. Really, that's that's. I don't think we could really spell it out in any other better way. No. When you're going in there with nothing, this is like no trail cameras. You haven't talked to anybody, and whether it's a new area or not, this that was that's basically it. That's that's, like that's what we would do, dude. Let's yeah. go to Maine, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, let's just you, right. Like let's what, like what you intended. Let's just let's go. Let's, to, go. let's go to New York. This ain't the farm fields of Barry, Vermont. So. <laughs> we didn't have a map of the woods, right? We didn't have a map, and there wasn't Google Earth and Onyx and all all the things that you would normally. We didn't have none of that. They said this giant road that goes crossways across Maine. Maine. Right. Yeah. So, and, and of course, everybody's grandmother was there. Every gravel pit had three campers in it, and there were people everywhere. Rebound, and I'm rebound. like, this is sick, man. <laughs> Look at this, you know? It, it's like ice fishing on a lake. It's just like there's people everywhere. Wow. Good thing they look can't set up shanties. Good God. Right. And look at that log truck. Get off the road. Get off the road. And oh, he owns the road, and it's a half lane road. Yeah. Get you off go the in the road. bushes. Yeah. But it was a, a great learning curve about yourself, how to navigate, how to deal with the unknown. Right. And that's one of the real big attractive parts of it is I don't want to know what he looks like. I, I, I'm, I'm way past that. I don't want to know what he looks like. I want to see him and I want to open the book and read and look at the pictures as I read. Let the story unfold I don't want, as yeah, it comes. I don't want it any other way. That's me and that's where I am now. And it doesn't take away from anybody else because they, everybody's got their thing. Regardless, no matter who you are, do what you feel is right. If there's a giant scrape and you just have to hunt it, do hunt it. it. Go for do it. Do it. Yeah, because right. that thing could come walking up there and and whack, whack, whack it with his probably, horns, right? And throw will. some dirt. And, and then you shoot it and you're like, dude, right? right. You know, it just, just do what you feel is and the right thing to do. You have to go for it. You don't get them on the couch. No. You gotta get out there, give it a go, have a good time, and right. it's hunting. It's a journey. It's a and process. Don't let your ego stop you from learning. Right. Yes. That Thinking you already so know important. something. Yeah. Yes. Or or that you're you're worried about making a mistake. 
So many people are like, I'm going to jump and I'm not going to get a shot and it's just going to get away and I'm going to make a mistake. And it's like, man, you, that's what you do. That's you make you mistakes. Right. I mean, that, that just happens. Just do it anyway. Right. And don't let it stop you. I, I love, I don't need the security. I don't need the security of knowing when this buck walks through this logging trail. I, I just exactly how many points he has, and it's about a 126 inch rack and all that. I, I don't care about any of that because it takes away from the unknown about it. And like, I never met a bad deer. They're all good deer. And if I decide to shoot this or not shoot it or whatever, that's that's all part of the adventure, man. And I don't care about that. And now, now that I'm, I'm at that point where. I'm just loving the unfoldment of what happens and how it happens, and I, I'm sharing that with everybody. That's just so good. I, I just love that part of it now. Mm. That's where I'm at now. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a big deer for me to love it, and when I know I want it, I'll know. Mm -hmm. Like, that thing, it, here it comes, right? It's coming. But by the same token, too, I might go, no, I'm not doing that. Not feeling it. Yep. And there's been quite a few of them. I started on and said, nope, don't like this. I've seen sign that I didn't like, it, the way it walked or the way it acted, mm, nope, right? Or this 160-pound doe, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going along, and then there's a giant splash. This is a doe. Right. Spread the back leg, squat and peed, and you're like, God damn it. That's <laughs> a bad doe. Yeah, that's a giant doe. Ah, rookie mistake, rookie right. mistake. But yeah. she was the biggest track in the woods, right? and it was going the way I wanted to go, so and I'm making on. a loop, right? I'm just going up and making a loop back up and around, and here it is, and Keith doesn't notice that and keeps walking as I'm coming up behind him, and then he jumps it, and it's a doe, and he puts his gun down and says, man, that's a doe, and turns around and runs right into me, and I'm like, that's a doe, dude. I knew that way to hell back there. And he's like, what are you doing? And you know, so, like, yeah. the, the adventure and the, the unfolding of that is so awesome, and it's really something to see a 160-pound doe. That's but that's also something to say, too, because you follow a 160-pound doe, she's gonna, she could lead you to other deer. Oh, no so question. if you don't have sign, if you, you don't it. have oh, that big buck take track, you can get but if you have a track like you were saying, I want to be on a track. Be on a track. If you yeah. got if you don't got the big boys track, be on a track if you can. But that was a really good. Um, it's it's tough to sum it all up, but boy, that's pretty darn close. I does it get much closer than that? No. For a, a lot of the, at least the how to of getting started parts of it. Yeah. Um, we, you almost need video now to take that a little bit farther. Um, if, if any of you have any questions or, or you want to take parts of this farther, let us know. Um, check us out on Facebook and, and of course, YouTube and Instagram. For, so for all the stuff related to a podcast, we had created a special email because Ryan's like, you got to have an email. And all these people can send their questions to, so that way you'll actually answer them. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> so if you guys have any questions about Thanks. things that we covered in our podcast, if you want to suggest topics or whatever, you know, you're looking for a little bit more uh, interaction or whatever, um, we have a an email. It's askmountaindeer. So ask, A-S-K-M-T-N-D-E-E-R at gmail.com. Just shoot us an email on that. You know, we're, we're pretty good about getting back to people. Put the link up on the podcast. Yeah. And we'll, we'll have all of our social media on that. And right. it's like when, when it comes to finding a track, guys, you just got to get out there and give it a go and try it. And, yeah. you know, hopefully this is kind of giving you a few tools and a few things to keep in the back of your mind when you're starting into deer season. And if you, 
it's been kind of crummy. Say you're halfway through it and you haven't found a good track and you're you're looking for a way to shake it up and maybe find a good big buck. A lot of I think a lot of this will really really help you guys. Yeah. The other thing too is like, look where other people aren't looking. Sometimes, sometimes right under your nose is mm-hmm. right, right. You, you the first quarter mile out the road, right? Wham, right there. You know. Yeah. How many Those, times we've seen a big buck track and we get out in the woods at noon because we slept in, right? And twelve trucks drove by a two hundred and thirty pound track. Yep. Because they weren't looking, and we were like, well, there it is. The, yep. tr- the truck track drove over this they're one. They're assuming that somebody else has already seen it, and they already said, oh, it's no good. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's there's lots of things to it, and uh, we hope that some of this will help you a little bit. And uh, with any luck, um, the the whole thing will kind of come together for you a little bit. It's, it's sometimes a little tough to keep your chin up, but keeping your attitude up, keeping your chin up, keep trying, yep. keep giving her some. And uh, you become somebody on the track, and you'll like who you become. I I know I have, and I'm pretty sure you guys have. Yeah, we like you. <laughs> I'm talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, way to take something deep and make it shallow. <laughs> Thank you guys so again. much for listening. Yeah, again. again. It's a trap. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you enjoy this podcast. Tune in next week or whenever we post them. Who knows? <laughs> we do really don't. New podcast coming Every time we post them. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you guys later. Thank you so much for listening. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye, guys. Take care. Happy hunting.